0: It's time for the Rutherford Report on
2: 101 ESPN. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go.
0: Our friend Jeremy Rutherford has a new piece up at The Athletic about Blues goaltender Jordan Binnington. You need to check that out. And if you haven't subscribed to The Athletic yet, you need to. JR is with us now with Michelle, Dan, and Randy. He's on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Good morning, Mr. Rutherford. How are you doing?
1: Doing real well. I didn't know where, where you were going with that comment about 323 pounds. I was hoping it wasn't a tease to the next segment there.:
2: <laughs> I think you look great, J.R.: Thanks, Buddy. You carry it well. <laughs> I think he looks great. Hey Jr. <laughs> how you be- guys doing Hey, before you get into this Bennington thing, will you tell our listeners about when we were doing some television? I, I think Randy and Michelle would appreciate the story about how proud your family was that you were on television one day with me.
1: Yeah, it's one of our favorites, uh, Randy and Michelle. Uh, Dan had asked me to jump on the TV with him, and
2: and my what, what, in-laws. By the way, what 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 year do you think this was? Oh my goodness, it's got to be mid nineties. No, 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 Two thousands, okay? Yeah, somewhere right, in there. And, Go ahead.
1: And so, at any rate, uh, my in-laws had told me, anytime you're going to be on TV, please call us and let us know. We'll flip it on. And and so I called them, and my father-in-law. Right smack in the middle of Wheel of Fortune because we were doing the pregame show. And uh, and so we did the, the hit on TV, uh, Danny and I did, and I came home and about a week later, I went over to my in-laws house and I looked at the uh, kitchen table and there was a stack of still pictures and I flipped through them like a, 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 a deck of cards. And uh, they were just flipping, and it's me and Danny moving like we're in motion or something. And, and I said, what's up with the pictures on the table? And my mother-in-law said, I couldn't find a VCR tape to record it, so I was just taking pictures of the TV. Oh, that's
2: so sweet. That's fantastic. They're so proud of you, JR. You've Love come a long story. way. I, I it, uh, our, our times with, uh, what was the Stallions? Who who is that?
1: Uh, Jim Otis.
2: Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Uh, we get yelled at for covering the team a couple times
1: uh danny's 18 uh, with Cam wax i'm 18 at the post Dispatch. and jim otis said uh, we need more coverage and Danny and i said the olympics are going on and jim otis says blank the olympics
2: (laughs) (laughs) and we were the only guys there anyway sorry so i know fans want to hear about jordan bennington randy take it over Sorry.
0: All right, Jerry, you have a great piece that dropped this morning on The Athletic about Jordan Binnington, and I want to ask you the question that you posed at the top of the article before you get into the future of Jordan Binnington, but is it should we consider the fact that he might be playing better right now than he did in the Stanley Cup run in 2019?
1: Doesn't it seem crazy to, to ask that question, to think that? It really does, but does. I think you have to... I think you have to separate the two because, you know, the building's packed. Uh, the emotions are flying high. The team's on a roll the second half of the season. Who is this guy, Jordan Bennington? All of a sudden, he's got five shutouts in 25 regular season games. He's leading the Blues to the playoffs. And you want to compare it to empty arenas and, and losing or, or winning 3-2 to two over San Jose in a pandemic. It doesn't seem like you can compare the two. But when you consider what Doug Armstrong says in the article – you know, I think you can make the case is that here we are two years later and teams have a book on Jordan Bennington. And yet when you do the numbers, when you crunch the numbers from the past couple years, Jordan Bennington's in the top five of every single category. We're talking the Vasilevskys. We're talking the Rasks, We're talking all these goaltenders. So his numbers are actually better in the regular season this year, small sample size compared to that Stanley Cup playoff run. But that was just so magical back then. I think we need to take in consideration just how well he's done over the course of uh, these past couple of years.
2: I, I think then the question becomes, to advance a story here, J.R., when or do they, or if they're going to do it, are they going to try to extend him, and what would that cost?
1: Yeah, I think they're going to definitely uh, do so. Talked to Doug Armstrong yesterday, and he says, our goal is to keep Jordan Bennington here. What will it cost? I made a few phone calls uh, around the league, and, and people believe that uh, the that, that, uh, asking price is probably going to be pretty steep. Look, he's he's won a cup. There's some goaltenders at the top of the market. When you look at uh, Carey Price, when you look at Bobrovsky in Florida, ten, eleven million million, $11 I don't think most teams believe that's the way to go. So you look at a Vasilevsky in Tampa Bay, won a Stanley Cup. He's a little bit less. Uh, but the, the cost that I heard from a couple sources uh, yesterday – Six million, six and a half million, somewhere in there, and the term could be about five to to seven years for Jordan Bennington. So is that going to be enough for Jordan Bennington? I don't know. He bet on himself. He won the bet. He's going to get paid. Will the Blues be willing to pay for a number one? But they honestly don't have a choice because there's just nothing in the cupboard.
0: And it seems, JR, with him sitting at 4.4 right now, if he makes $2 million more per season, with what the Blues have coming off the books, it doesn't seem prohibitive.
1: It doesn't. And that's the big thing. Everybody wants to look at that number six, six, five, seven, whatever it is and think, well, oh, the Blues can't afford that. You know that the, st- the salary cap is staying status quo. You have Jaden Schwartz to sign, but it's just a couple million more than what they're paying on right now, 4.4 uh, 4 under the terms of that bridge deal a couple years ago, Randy. So you're right. So uh, it-, it still will be difficult to sign Bennington, to sign Schwartz, especially if both guys are looking to, to make that extra buck. Look, Jordan, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Jaden Schwartz has been uh, somewhat underpaid. Uh, he didn't have a lot of leverage earlier in his career, so he's going to look to get paid. So uh, it could be tough, but I think that it's doable.
0: Jer, tell me what's going on with Colton Pareko. I, I'm seeing something that's different. I'm hearing a lot of different things, but what, when you look at Colton Pareko and the situation with the Blues, what are you seeing?
1: Yeah, got to be careful here because there, there's so much – speculation and you can only go with the, the facts and you know i've heard a lot about what he's going through in in the past couple of weeks and i'm just not comfortable with saying exactly what it is but uh, there is an injury there there is a, you know you don't want to call it a, a serious injury but one that is prohibiting him uh, we can see it on the ice he's not the same player he's uh, taken off several practices for quote-unquote maintenance days and that uh, you know just doesn't play in necessarily the minutes and, and doesn't look as effective so Um, You know, I I think this is a situation if it were a knee and he needed surgery, you know, that they would do something like that. If it were a shoulder and, uh, you know, he needed some rehab time, they'd take him out. It's neither one of those situations. It's something that uh, he's dealing with. And and as uh, Craig Burby mentioned yesterday, they're just going to have to monitor it and give him some time off and and let him take his breaks. And, And potentially this could be something that goes on and on and on. It's not to the point where they need to act uh, right now is what I believe.
2: You mentioned that there's nothing really there in the cupboard for goaltending outside of Bennington. So, what would you make of Ville huso so far, and and just seeing him, and and really looking ahead to the future too?
1: Yeah, for what uh, you know, Ville huso his inexperience. You know, I think he's been okay. I think that uh, those goals he's letting in. Early in games, uh, it's been tough. Like you can't give up the first shot of the, the game, uh, which he's done on a couple occasions. You have the uh, the guys on your team. You just lose confidence in a guy, and you want to play for him. But uh, when it's one nothing. You know, two minutes into the game, it's tough. So uh, I think he gets better as the game goes on. But to me, he still doesn't look super comfortable, Dan. And that's going to come with some time. Uh, but look, he's got four starts, five appearances, and he's got the most experience of any goalie in the system uh, behind Bennington. So there's nothing there. And Doug addresses that. He said, you know, if something doesn't get done with Bennington, they'd certainly have to go outside the uh, organization.
0: Hey, Jr. I, I want to s- just move back to the Pareco situation. Uh, from what you have been able to glean, is this something that if they would set him down for 10 days, could he get better? I I look at that first part of March where the Blues have a lot of off days. They've got a couple of games against Anaheim. They've got a couple at L.A. Uh, Then they come home and they have San Jose. So from the the first through the 11th, they really don't have a, a huge level of competition. It seems like a spot where you could set a guy like that down and hope that he gets better. Is that something with this injury, though? that could happen where if he sits for uh, 10 11 days that it could get better
1: it's a great question from what i've gleaned i think something like that would help randy uh, but i don't think it's going to cure it you know I, I don't know that with the schedule that we're seeing even with those types of breaks that we're going to see colton break get back to the level of player uh, that we all know he can be even with a, a chunk of days uh, like ten, ten 10 days i, I think he's going to be dealing with this and whether they'll need to address it uh, in the off season, you know, I'm not quite sure yet. Um, you know, it sounds like uh, sitting him for that lengthy of, of a period w- would help, uh, but I think the, that what he's dealing with is probably something uh, that you wouldn't see that much of an advantage uh, to him sitting and all of a sudden he comes back and he's the Colton breaker we remember.
0: And by the way, one contract thing, uh, and, and you hate to say this, but the Blues are right there in the hunt for their division crown. Robert Thomas has been hurt and he wasn't playing well, At least from an offensive standpoint, before he got hurt, this injury and performance of Robert Thomas, with him being a free agent after this year, albeit a restricted free agent, that might be a blessing in disguise for the Blues from a negotiating standpoint.
1: Yeah, that's a good point because he was set to, to put up some big numbers, I think, top six minutes, and we saw the skill uh, in a couple of the games anyway before he got injured. So uh, it's it's a tight world in terms of the cap. We all know that. It could be $81.5 million again next year, guys, and with uh, having, as we mentioned, to re-sign Bennington, to re-sign uh, Shorts, and there's some others. Now there's going to be some money come off the books that's going to help. Uh, But uh, Robert Thomas probably would have got a bump in pay had he put up some big numbers, even though he's a restricted free agent uh, with not a ton of leverage. So uh, every little bit helps, uh, as you're
2: saying, Randy. Well, we saw the Blues uh, play the Coyotes seven straight and every day you wake up and it might be a game that's canceled. How how do you think the league has gone through dealing with COVID and, and just dealing with the situation overall?
1: I think they're doing their best, although, you know, it's just been, I think, a little more difficult than even they envisioned. They had a lot of success with the bubbles, obviously, in Toronto and and Edmonton, and and we all knew that they were going to look a lot like uh, baseball and football with a number of cases because there wasn't uh, the bubble. But it seems like, uh, you know, every night more postponements. The one thing I I think that uh, Pierre LeBrun had from the schedule maker is they have not touched that week long cushion that they built in at the end of the season, uh, prior to the playoffs. So they put an extra week in there so they could play some games, uh, and still start the playoffs on time. And everybody, you see these 35 postponed games they've had so far, Dan, you think, wow, they've got to have eaten into that that week-long stretch. Uh, But they haven't. They're they're getting these games in, and they're fitting them into the regular schedule. So that's a good thing uh, for the league right now.
0: JR, thanks so much. Great to have you with us. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, guys. See you later. That's Jeremy Rutherford of The Athletic on 101
2: ESPN. Let me guess. Unknown caller.
1: I could see beyond the Black Hills and the way they called for exploration. I could feel the air, the way it paints against skin and fills hungry lungs. I could hear the way the water ran for miles and the way the bison grazed, the way our boots meet the earth as we step past expected. I could imagine my time in South Dakota, and
2: I wish to go back, because there's so much South Dakota, so little time.